another guitar tech talk here at the SG Taurus Company. I'm your host, Matt LePan, and we're celebrating one year of Taurus Tech Talk today. Yesterday, we celebrated one year of Taurus Talk. Today, we head to the tech side where Phil Valpe, Ken Gott, Mark Gunther, and Russell Adamy have had you covered all year on some of the problems you might face out in the field as a tech. Now, anyone who listened knows that this year was a big year for Kumo Cloud Kumo Station. Do rebates here in New England? A lot of folks had to integrate themselves into knowing how to install and set this up very quickly. Ken God had you covered. We started out by talking the internet connectivity issues and the correct way to set up your Kumo Cloud, Kumo Station. I think one of the most important thing is preparing the Wi-Fi network before we even get started. One thing that you need to realize is the Kumo Cloud only works on 2.4 gigahertz networks. Most homes have both 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz. Most of these networks have the same password, which creates a huge problem. We learned this from being out on the job ourselves. What happens is you set this up through your phone app on your iPhone or your whatever your device is, and the phone has to be logged onto the 2.4 gigahertz network. You cannot let the phone jump to the 5 gigahertz. Most phones will try to do that because the 5 gigahertz network is a faster signal, but it doesn't travel quite as far. The 2.4 gigahertz network will travel further, a little slower, but it's fine for the Kumo cloud to work on. One of the things that will save you a lot of time is to have the homeowner make sure he sets up his password differently for the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz networks. We then touched on the basic setup and installation of the wireless interfaces. At this point, we're ready to start adding indoor units. When you're adding indoor units, you're going to be in Bluetooth mode, so you know that you've enabled that previously. Bluetooth range is about approximately about 10 feet, give or take a little bit, with no obstructions between you and the interface. That light on the wireless interface should be flashing four times, indicating that it is also in Bluetooth mode. You want to go into your room where one of your wireless interfaces are, and that should show up the closest wireless interface will show up. There's a chance that you could have two show up, but that's why you've recorded the MAC address so you can tell which one you're actually looking at. It will also be identified by the strongest signal. When the wireless interface shows up on your app, you can tap on it. At that point, you can enter the room name that the wireless interface is in. The app will now also identify the unit. It'll tell you if it's a cassette unit, a ducted unit, and if it is a ducted unit, at this point, you will have the option of selecting the airflow. When you've gotten through this step, just tap yes. The next option will ask you if you want to use the auto mode. That's auto changeover. We definitely recommend saying no on multi-zone systems because we know a multi-zone system can all either heat at the same time or cool at the same time. It can't do one heat and one cool. So for multi-zones, we want to say no. And even helped you set up a Kumo station to make sure that you can run some auxiliary items off your Kumo cloud. You can think of your Kumo station as a heating thermostat for your backup heat source. In wiring it, the simplest way to interface to an existing heating system is to parallel your wiring with an existing heating thermostat. Basically, the two wires that go to your heating thermostat are going to go to your Kumo station to the normally open relay contacts. Your Kumo station must be powered with its own 24-volt transformer. Usually a 40 VA or better is fine. Do not power the Kumo station from your circulator panel. In most cases, some of your Taco and Honeywell panels only have a 15 VA transformer, which is not adequate. 
But you know, we didn't just stop at Kumo Cloud, Kumo Station. We had you covered for a wide range of topics. We touched on seasonal maintenance. You know, you, there are things you can look at. You, if you have a condensate pump, take a look at the condensate pump. How old is it? Has Is there any water or stains around it or anything like that? And your furnace itself or uh, air handler, how does it look? Is there any, I mean, a lot of this stuff is common sense. Just take a good look at it and it'll tell you if there's a problem. You start seeing moisture all around the different products, your condensate pump or your furnace, you know that it's been dripping water and there's gotta be a reason why. We help discuss testing, pressurizing, and evacuating systems. One thing that can happen is if we have leaks, oil leaks out, but it also draws moisture into the system even though there is a positive pressure. Now, different manufacturers have different requirements for both pressurization and evacuation of the system. Those can depend on the type of refrigerant and also the size of the system. So we're going to have a couple of examples, uh, Mitsubishi and American Standard. What Mitsubishi tells us in the M&P manual is they want to press te pressure tested to 600 PSIG, which for those that don't know is pounds per square inch gauge, what we're reading on our gauges. And we even helped you set up some equipment and accessories to make sure that your install went smoothly and you weren't going to get caught up on any of the minor details at the end. We put it on the wall and the screen lights up and we do have to do some setup on it. There are between six and eight screens that are menu driven on this to set up. I'll walk you through some basics. When it comes up the first time, you're going to have a screen that shows temperature and the word menu on it. The word menu, when you touch the word menu, it goes to a menu that has a bunch of settings. It has a Nexia setting, service setting, zone setting, information setting, even weather. We on the initial setup of this are going to hit the service button. The service button will then bring us to a screen that you can put your dealer information in. It's been a great first year and we first have to thank our four amazing technical support representatives. Again, Phil Valpe, Ken Gott, Mark Gunther, Russell Adamy. They've had you covered all year and they've done an awesome job covering a wide variety of topics. We have a lot more we're going to get to here in year two of the podcast, but first a thank you to them and a thank you to you from everyone here at SG Taurus. We know that without you and your technicians, there wouldn't be a podcast, so we want to thank you for being a loyal subscriber to Taurus Tech Talk. So to make sure year two goes just as well as year one, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you'll find us. Search Taurus Tech Talk. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Use the hashtag Taurus Tech Talk. If you have any ideas that you want to hear, anything you need some help with, you can put a line right there, and we'll make sure to record that for you. We'll make sure to get one of our guys on it and get your ideas out to you. And as always, if you want to listen to any of our podcasts, you can listen to them on demand on our website, sgtourist.com backslash podcast. Thanks for an awesome first year. Here's to year two of Taurus Tech Talk. We'll see you next week on Taurus Tech Talk.